Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Until You Make It. My name is Chris. Sitting next to me, as always, the lovely Michael Yadvish. Hello. And our guest today, Jimmy DeCumber. Also known as Young Hames, Flames, Big Hands. Also known as Big Hands, also known as Flames. Yeah, you have a couple other nicknames. I'm sure there's some, <laughs> some that are escaping me right now. But um, tell, tell us a little about yourself. Sure, sure. My social security number is one, two, no. No, <laughs> uh, no um, I actually went to high school with uh, Chris for a little while. We had a, a year stint, then we went to college together for a year. And then Chris dropped out of high school famously. Yep. <laughs> Started doing heroin. But just the, uh, the basic overview, um, I am a video editor and producer in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey at a small yet strong uh, marketing firm called uh, the McAllen Group. That name sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> I was just going to say, James and I were working together for the for how long was it? Two and a half, three years, something like that? Yeah, I think it was two and a half years uh, up until you got to the point where you're just like, this isn't it for me, man. <laughs> but yeah, James has been with us for a long time. We've been friends for a long time, and um, you've helped on almost every shoot we've done outside of work, too, with uh, the Helium Turtle Project. So it's... Uh, Great to have you here. Always happy to be here, man. Look at him. He's so cute. Yeah, you can't see him, but he's adorable. <laughs> if you could see him right now, you'd say, that's a cute little guy. How old are you again? Uh, 24 years of age. Wow. wow. I'm going to drink your blood soon. <laughs> well, anyway, what's uh, what's on the docket today, Mike? Well, I did something fun this week. What'd you do? I went to a Broadway show for the first, for the second time in my life. Yeah. Uh, first time in my life that I actually paid attention to the show. What was the first show? Uh, the Color Purple in eighth grade. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, freshman year of high school. Wow. I don't think it matters. I, so. <laughs> What's that about anyway? I, I don't care. Go on to the, <laughs> go on to the second thing. <laughs> so I, in my adult life where I pay attention to stuff, I watched the Book of Mormon on Broadway. It's an old play, technically. It's been out since right. we were all in high school. And I never, I was mad at myself for never seeing it before because it was fantastic. It was amazing. Hilarious. I've never seen a Broadway play, technically. And so I've never seen a performance and actors of, of like that caliber on that level before. I've only seen community theater, school theater, that kind of stuff, college stuff. Um, I've never seen an actual Broadway play with like actual performances and and you know the whole bit and it was it was, it was incredible it's very inspirational uh to watch like uh, for example we uh, in the pamphlet we were uh the booklet it gives you it talks about the longest running actor who plays the main character elder price in the uh in the play and he did uh 2500 shows holy as that shit, character man I can't even fathom that's wild 2500 2500 shows yeah. I can't even imagine doing it 20 times and being, uh, being exhausted after doing it 20 times. Right. 2,500 times. And we did the math. So he would, he would have had to do the show every single day for 6.8 years to equal that number. And the show's only been around for 11 years. So he pretty much has been wow. doing it for almost the entirety of the show's it's existence. full-time job. Which is crazy. I wonder, man, you have to really like love it too to be doing it for that to long. 2,500 times. That's so. Insane. What's interesting about the, you brought up the advertising, because I've always seen the advertising, heard the advertising, the Book of Mormon. We all know that little jingle. And I, my impression of what it was about was like, oh, I'm sure it's funny, but like, how funny could it really be? I mean, I know it's written by Trey and Matt. Did you guys hear that? God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, maybe I should stop talking about the Book of Mormon. It was, uh, I know what it was. It's nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds ominous, but <laughs> uh, these speakers go to sleep. So oh, that's the right. way I have them not go to sleep is I play a low frequency every 10, 15 minutes. You don't hear it on the speakers, but headphones pick it up. That's pretty sick. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's like a script that I have to run to keep the fucking monitors from falling asleep. I love that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the advertisement had led me to think that the show was more mild right. than it actually was. 
And it really is comparable to Team America, which I love Team America. Oh, yeah. It's one of the greats. <laughs> yeah. It's comparable to that. Like, in its absurdity, in its vulgarness, like, it's everything you'd expect out of a play written by Matt and Trey. I texted uh, my brother and his girlfriend to like, hey, I, let's go see this again. Because like, I loved it so much that I'd, I'd want to go see that again. Because there's nowhere else you can go see it. You can't just like rewatch it on YouTube or anything like that. So do they, do they never actually film them? They, because uh, no, I've never, I've never seen that before. They don't. And people were talking about online, like, I wish, well, so, you know, Hamilton. Yeah. And Hamilton's oh, on, on oh, Disney Plus. That's true. They filmed that, but they did that intentionally. Like right. it's filmed like, yeah, you know, on purpose with multiple cameras and stuff. People want them to film Book of Mormon. They wish that it had a bit, it had been filmed, but like the original cast was never filmed. I'm wondering if they just don't do that literally on purpose so that you have to go see it. Because because think about how many people would be okay. Oh, I'll just watch it on TV or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they were all filmed like Hamilton. Yeah, so I bet everyone from that industry is like, no, don't give people access. Right. Because it's going to kill their industry, right? Yeah. I, I, although Hamilton still plays. It still runs. Right. And it's on Disney+. Plus. I think, well, the thing of it, too, Hamilton was such a special thing because, like, it's, it's taped with the original cast. You can't go see the original cast anymore. I mean, not that it takes away from the show. <laughs> not that the other people suck. But, <laughs> right, right. but there is, like, there is a, definitely a draw to wanting to see the original cast for that kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know from other stand-up comedians that I've watched, like namely Dave Chappelle, and hopefully that isn't too uh, politically uh, oh shut up on un- unrestful. Oh, <laughs> but um, like a lot of those stand-up comedians and everything, like have uh, the audience members uh, stow away their phones or everything, like either keep them on the person or they have like lockers and everything to like keep that all you know under wraps. So in case they get booed, they don't want anybody to know. But you think yeah. people filming the show yeah people filming the show for like youtube or anything oh, like okay. that it just takes away from the value of the the ticket oh, or cool. say if they actually yeah the performance in general yeah, yeah it loses its, its value over time yeah. i mean I, I i guess i'm i'm not really the the demographic but it's like what uh i don't think i've ever seen a rip of a broadway show. not that i'm <laughs> not that i'm looking i'm not looking for them that's probably the problem they're pretty they are pretty you couldn't pull your phone out oh, at all yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah part of the rules of the theater yeah right yeah but exactly. i'm sure somebody get around it at some point Boot- <laughs> flea market bootleg copies <laughs> hey kid you want to see the book of mormon, <laughs> breast pocket uh phone video of the the book of mormon on blu-ray did you guys ever get like actual bootleg dvds where they they were like actual camera filming the movie yeah yeah well just sell them at flea markets down the shore. Uh, first time I watched episode Star Wars episode three was a bootleg. It was a bootleg uh, DVD, and I watched it on a portable DVD player on the back of the bus. Oh my god! Remember portable DVD players? Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, going going to and from a, a field trip. I want to get a Blu-ray uh, portable player, honestly, just because I'm I'm old school like that. <laughs> <laughs> they make them. They have them at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Twenty bucks. I would hope no more. No I, think, no, I think like 80 to like 100 bucks. Yeah, still. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into it. One day I'll get there. <laughs> That's expensive. I was looking recently for, um, I want a really good quality rip of Speed Racer. Hmm. I want a 4K copy. They didn't make one. Oh. People were begging them to release, to release 4K. Yeah, I, I was on a bunch of forums of people saying like, where is it? And it was like, they only released Blu-ray. It's only 1080. It's like oh. the best you can get right now for, for some stuff. So oh, I didn't know that. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it either. I was like, oh, okay. Because I, wa- I would love to play it like I watched The Mandalorian in, in all its glory in this on this monitor. For those of you listening, I have an ultra-wide monitor, which is like literally the exact dimensions of like a CinemaScope movie. So when you put it on this monitor, there's no borders or anything, and it looks glorious. I wonder if I could, I could probably show you guys because I think I still have it. Uh, Jamie, put put that up on. Jamie, the can you throw that up on the monitor? <laughs> Let's see if I can find it quickly. I'll, oh, I'll play it. My days of ripping. I I don't want to go into too much detail. I mean, we could we could all go a little bit into uh, in case the the FBI uh, is listening. Probably shouldn't say that. They're they're always listening. They they email Chris all the time. Great show last week. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? you Where where'd you find that sh- that episode of Euphoria, man? I'm I'm trying to look for it on a, on the Pirate Bay. Yeah, I can't find it. Mine's on Google Drive. I mean, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> can you just watch it on Disney Plus? You can't. You can't um, watch it like that, though. Did you notice how in um, Interstellar, in some sequences, um, it'll be 235, and then within the same scene, they'll switch to full IMAX? Well, that's actually an intentional thing from Christopher Nolan. I, I know it was intentional. I can't remember what the what the rationale was. He yeah. shoots in IMAX. Yeah, it was. he shoots like the IMAX camera. No, I understand that, but the, with the aspect ratio change. For the action sequences yeah. to like kind of like pull you in, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it would go in, and, but they would go so all the exteriors of the spaceship were in IMAX and all the interiors were in CinemaScope and it would flip. And I, I mean, we're probably the only people that would notice, you know, yeah. Transformers does great. Michael yeah. Bay does that a lot. Oh, okay. yeah. The Transformers do that. See, with that yeah, though, yeah. that though, the last movie that I saw with Mark Wahlberg. The aspect ratios were like all over the place. Really, I think like, I I think I read something about that too. It was like disgusting. Too. Wait, which, like, movie, which movie? I, I don't know if I remember this correctly. Um, it was either the one before the dinosaur bots. Oh, a Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah, Transformers uh, movie or the the dinosaur bots or the one before that. Neither I one I saw. Like, See, I have no idea what you guys talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to whoever's listening, if you if you know about these movies, um. You'll definitely get a kick out of this, but <laughs> when I was watching with my family, uh, they didn't get what I was talking about because I was like, well, "What the hell is going on with the aspect ratio?" <laughs> and they're, and they're like, like, "What are you talking about? There's robots on the screen." Then I went to sixteen nine. Then I went to like some sort of like smaller version of that, and I was like, <laughs> "It's like Samurai dude, Jack." Like so all over the place. Like it was worse than Samurai Jack, dude. Like Samurai Jack did it tastefully, tastefully. <laughs> and very intentionally. Yeah. yeah, but this was just like they outsourced it to like three different companies and they got all the footage back in like different formats and they were just like okay well maybe it seems like artsy if we put the black bars and everything and we make sure it's all like hd but i was just like i can't watch this anymore i was getting sick to my stomach i'll just say to my understanding of what i heard from interviews and stuff is that they shoot those sequences that are shot in the imax camera they're shot full frame like that but they're not they don't manipulate them. They don't put black bars on them. They don't intentionally try to crop it or anything. They want it to be because of the bigness. They want it to be as big as possible. That's not a word, but <laughs> yeah. They, from what I understand, is that it's to make it to make the moment as big as possible. Industry term bigness. Here's something interesting. I don't know if you've heard this. Um, I heard this from, from multiple people. It has to do with bigness, right? TM. So, uh. <laughs> On streaming, so movies that go to streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, and you know the movie's going to be put on that format. People, either it's director, cinematographer, producer, whoever's making the decision, I don't know, but they're intentionally um, not shooting as many wide shots as you normally would for a movie or even a TV show, whatever it may be, whatever cinematic thing it is. Um, They're straying away from wide shots and getting rid of wide shots. Because people are consuming the content on smaller devices <laughs> and they're being conscious of it and thinking like, oh, okay, people are watching them on smaller devices. Right. Wide shots look further away than they're supposed to. Because when you envision a movie on a movie theater, sure. a wide shot is fucking huge. Everything's huge. So there is intentionally more close-up shots than there would be. Like they're, they're making the decision to have more close-up shots and less wide shots. Right. How do you feel about that? Yes. I don't. I don't know if that was a problem to begin with. I don't think anybody complained about that. I could see like putting in more uh, insert shots of like tighter, like making sure you really draw attention to the thing, which I guess is what you're saying. Just making sure you're making things as clear as possible for those smaller screens. Sort of. Yeah. It's just less, um, less master wides, less things happening in wides, just because people, the people on the screen are now like three inches big rather than, you know, in a movie theater, they'd be, they'd be like huge. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you're altering, you're altering the, it's not the vision of the movie, but you're altering like how you would approach things creatively. You're altering, you're altering it to fit a format because you 
think people want it that way. I don't I don't even like you said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I wonder what the research was where people were like, things are too small. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh there's mul- I I've watched multiple YouTube videos where people comment on it and talk about it like how uh you know Netflix movies and stuff are shying away from wide shots and they don't they're not putting them in as much and if they are in cut away from them sooner and not letting anything happen right, in the don't wide. Don't let it linger and like don't let it linger because you can't see it. It's kind of whack. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't if care. If it's done, if it's done tastefully, like, go right ahead. You know, as far as the uh, the entirety of the project goes. But give me those master wide shots. Like, give me give me all that stuff. If if it's meant to be watched in the movie theater, like, if you convince me, like Christopher Nolan, like wants Christopher you too. Nolan <laughs> <wants> you too. <laughs> I'll go and watch it. You know, and he hasn't disappointed Everyone, me since. Book your ticket to Florida. And go to the right theater that he wants you to go to to see his movie. Otherwise, it won't look right. Um, are any of you Game of Thrones fans? Is there any of you gay? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we gonna talk about? This is also something similar to like those formats. And stuff. I don't. I I never watched. You never watched? No, only up to season three, and then I. Oh, okay. I never saw any gotcha. of it. Well. Keeping spoilers aside and everything, um, there's I think very... we're past that, yeah? Didn't it end two years ago or something Yeah, like that? but, I mean, I feel like there's a 10-year, like... No, six like months. A, a statute <laughs> that goes on with some of these things, because people will still get angry. But there there was an episode in uh, the last season of the show, and um, once it first came out and everything, there was just so much, like, backlash about it, because, like, one... Yeah, like a lot of people like loved it, and then there was like a great deal of people, like maybe sixty to seventy percent, that hated it because they were like, "Oh my god, like I can't see what's going on. It's like way too dark, too dark. I can't I can't like see anything, any detail or anything like that." It was so and dark. They came out with yeah, yeah, so it was dark. so dark. And they came out with a um, what is it like a press release or something like that, like some sort of announcement, and they were like, "Oh, like we designed this episode to meant to be watched on like bigger screens or like." like primarily television you know what i mean okay like if you're gonna watch this episode the best viewing experience would be on your own television in your living room i remember trying to watch it on my phone when it first came out because like oh you piece of shit (laughs) you're part of the problem james i was in the middle of class and i was like i can't see shit man like i gotta wait until like at home like it was like it was that bad Just, just make it brighter but it was just it was <laughs> so crazy how the detail got lost on like any other platform that you'd watch it on. Wow. You guys want to watch Mandalorian in 4K and 235? Yeah, let's watch a whole episode. Yeah, I'm, all right. Well, let's, let's sit down. I mean, this would be much better. Season two, I had. I actually think I talked about season two on the podcast. It's okay. Of of Mando? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's we we it's talked about right. it on the talk, podcast. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it. It's a little bit all over the place. It, um, there's a lot more questing. What, one out of ten. Which Mike didn't like. Speaking of that, how about your uh, current review? I don't know if the season is finished yet of uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, finished last week. Uh, we watched episode one. I, we started watching episode one, and then uh, basically I tuned out after the first ten minutes. Mind you, the whole episode is only like 38 minutes. Like they're, really, they're all short episodes. Tuned out after about first ten minutes. And then texted Abby and Eric about it. And Abby's like, yeah, I turned it off because I hated it. And like, yeah, we stopped watching because we hated it. And I, I never watched another episode. I only watched what's on TikTok. Uh, and then seeing like people making fun of it. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was one of the most boring things I've ever seen. And like, it didn't need to be that way. Like Damn. they chose to write it that way. And the people that were justifying it on Reddit and stuff was like, I couldn't, we couldn't believe it because like, are these people watching the same show? They didn't. It's like they didn't understand or question for a second that like John Favreau and Filoni made the choices to write the show that way, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but that's what Boba did." They did that because they wrote him to do that. Like he didn't. That's not. <laughs> no one like said that that was how it had to be. Yeah. They created this boring ass show that's slow and slow in in a bad way. In a bad way, <laughs> Boba Fett does nothing. And the best episodes of the season, and that is not even my opinion, it's the general public's opinion, no, the best different. episodes are the ones that he's not even in. Can you imagine having your name be on the show, and there's episodes that you don't even appear in? And they're considered the best ones? They're the best ones? <laughs> oh my god. 
it, it's pretty much a show that didn't need to exist. And I'm not even sure who made them make it because the episodes that were good turned into Mando season three. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was saying. Cause they, they struck old with this and not that, uh, Disney's a cash cow or anything, but it's cash grab, the cash grab, cash grab. What well, Danny okay. Trejo though. Oh yeah. He's in it. Yeah. All right, I'll watch it just for him. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a super minor role, but he fucking owns it. I'm a Danny Trejo yeah, fan yeah, for it's sure. Really good, it's really good. Can anybody explain to me what metaverse actually oh, means? Because everyone's like, James, you probably know something about this. What? Because I'm young. No, just because I don't know. I feel like you always tell me shit about this. Aren't the NFT the NFT art stuff is just your what you're buying is a URL. Um I think it's more applicable to some sort of like address or like the right. uh the codes that you get from like say if you're transferring bitcoin, you know what I mean, like in the uh the entirety of whatever the blockchain is. So, right, right, so effectively right. though, if the server like it's you're still tied to a server. And the URL is still tied to a server. If the server goes down, yeah, but the server is because uh, that's that's the that's the uh, thing thing of the blockchain, right? It's every it's everywhere. It's a it culmination, is eternal. Yeah. So a lot would have to go wrong to for that to happen. But I I know what you're saying. Obviously, it's yeah, it's just a URL you're buying. Yeah. So anyway, I want, I want Mike to do his Gary V impression again. <laughs> Hey guys, buy some, you want to buy some NFTs with me? I'm Gary V. I got, I got this really awesome deal to tell you about here. I'm going to tell you, what, when you were in high school, what did you, what did you, what did you earn? <laughs> You're not even on camera. <laughs> that was really good, man. So what, what else do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> so James, what's it like uh, getting your own place? It's refreshing. Honestly. And don't get me wrong, I love my family. But... <laughs> yeah, say, for those for those who don't know, James has been homeless for the past fifteen yeah, no, years. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody has their own uh, trials and tribulations when it comes to family life, and some have it easier, some have it harder. It's no competition or anything, you know. But it it got to the point where I was just like, you know, I, for newer opportunities to come my way, I need to be able to focus and I need to be able to, like, have some sort of healthy, um, clean environment that's my own. That ha- Like, I have all my stuff organized and everything and all in its own place and that to be able to creatively think and you know express yeah and be be you yeah yeah Yeah. be the best version of of you exactly i love that man express these new ideas i i just figured you know like even if i'm renting a place some some people i.e my family (laughs) think that it's just like throwing money away well that's the whole debate right you know they're they're still happy for me and everything that you know they just want me to be safe and they want me to you know like keep in touch and everything but like even just like renting at this point no no matter how much money it is having that own spot and being closer to the office and and uh my think of how, think of how much of a headache that's going to save right dude buy a one wheel it's hard to put a price on that and independency yeah, and see, you see, that's that's the thing too, because it's like um, my mother is a wonderful person. Like, I'll, I'm not even just saying that just to get it out there, because this is gonna be on the internet and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm 24 years old now. I I know how to handle my own, get to sleep, eat three meals a day, and everything. But like when I'm like. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> me and Mike are still can't do that. I don't know. Maybe she taught me. You know, that's that's why she's such a great woman. I read an article about the Amazon Lord of the Rings series that's coming out. The show's about the second age. There's all this token uh, material about the second age. They revealed that they don't have the rights to any of it. And I was like, wait. How, how the hell? So what are you doing? They basically think that they can write a better story than Token did. They're taking what they said is that they they took 
the fellowship, turn the king, two towers. And they said they looked at it in terms of there's stars in the sky and they're connecting the stars. And there's enough clues in those stories to connect the stars to put together what the second age is supposed to be. And this is a, yeah, uh, and this terrible. is the most expensive TV show ever made in in history. Is uh, a a, yeah. a one billion dollar budget for a TV series? What? And they don't even have the rights to the material that they're making a show about. And I didn't know that at all. Right. But but all the Lord of the Rings fans are like, okay, this is trouble. Yes. <laughs> and they they claim that they worked with token scholars to piece together their version to not have any contradictions. Imagine having imagine creating such a vast universe of like books and media that you have people that study your work. Yeah, Natalie. <laughs> Our friend Natalie took a whole class, a whole token class back in college at TCNJ. They That's offered crazy. that? Yeah. I did a book report once on Tolkien. <laughs> so happy for you, James. Do you consider yourself a token scholar? <laughs> you token scholar? You should, you should, you should uh, consult them about the show. Yeah, you did one book report. That's enough. Uh, that's apparently better than what they are, they're doing. But part of my point is that, you know, you have someone like Disney who bought the rights from George Lucas to Star Wars and then proceeded to just make up their own shit for the sequels anyway. So it's like, even if you do buy the rights, there, you, there's, you can still fuck it up. And, and they did it with the sequels. They just made their own shit up each. And yeah, then, I mean, it seems like uh, they might be following in the footsteps, uh, unfortunately. What was, what was the name of uh, the last episode they did? I didn't even see that. I saw The Last Jedi. And I was like, oh, The shit. Rise of Skywalker. James, I don't blame you. I, I waited for a long time to see it just because, like everyone else, I became disillusioned. <laughs> and, well, I, I would have yeah, watched like, it, you know right, what I mean? Like, I know this is a big... Uh, Wait, oh, you did watch it? No, no, I haven't. Oh. Don't even bother. It wasn't out of choice. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Wow. You'll just be disappointed. Isn't that sad that I could that I could say that with a hundred percent confidence, Mike? <laughs> like, and have somebody agree with you. You're gonna feel worse if you if you. Yeah, watch you'll it. be disappointed in how it and how it ends. I saw the the Last Jedi, and there was so much controversy around that to begin yeah. with, with. It doesn't get better. I'll tell you that. Whatever big bad there was, just automatically dying halfway through the the trilogy. And then uh, ending in the way that it did, it was kind of, uh, it left a weird taste in my mouth. But I was like, this is still like a, a decent movie. You know? The last oh, film okay. will put something else in your mouth. Shit. Yeah, you said Last Jedi, still a good movie. Yeah, there's parts of it that are not. And then like overall, it's pretty competent. That's what people liked about it. If you look, if you look back on like reviews and stuff from Rotten Tomatoes, that has a high score, which is weird because the audience score and the reception is like not that good. Because it, again, it's like the token thing. It's like, you know, you maybe their maybe their Amazon series is really good. Maybe the show is really good. But to the token fans, the hardcore fans, and to the Star Wars fans, like you went away, you went so far away from the source material, or you went so far away away and change characters it's not even this like this is not even the same thing anymore i'm much and, and it's hard to accept that and it's as a fan it's hard to like try to separate what you understand and like what you're watching and it's like it can't just be its own thing i don't know how to feel about it oh man you guys are take a small break i don't know you said you have to go to the bathroom and drink. oh yeah i got a pee still yeah, let's take a quick break sponsored by the mccallan group snickers Pretzels woven together with salt. <laughs> the ad is the ad is just how they make it. Pretzels. It's dough it's fried and made into a pretzel shape. <laughs> Buy it today. <laughs> Simple ad. We'll be right back. But how did they came up with the name pretzel before we before we break? Mm-hmm. Does anybody know? The same they way they they came up with penis. <laughs> penis. <laughs> The same way? Yeah. I can tell you who invented pretzels. It was an Italian monk. Yeah. Italian monks invented pretzels as a reward to children who learn their prayers. Ew. He called the strips of baked dough folded to resembled arms crossing the chest. Look at that. Oh. Another sort uh Oh, they were originally called, I don't know how to pronounce this, it's Latin, br- 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 uh, the Italian term for little arms. 
uh, from which Germans later derived the word bretz, bretzel. They didn't even try. <laughs> well, no, they, they got the L's, then the, the Z's. Yeah. Oh, German pretzels are great. Uh, according to others, the earliest pretzels were dubbed preciolas, meaning little, little rewards, and handed out by monks uh, once again. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Goddamn monks again. <laughs> uh, so, so pretzels were, have a lot of religious overtones. If you had to pick a, a country associated with pretzels, it'd be... It'd be Germany, because that's that's the thing. It's like they just have their giant pretzel, jumbo German pretzel. Yeah, exactly. But you're saying it's Italians from the Italians. Wow, from Italian monks, no less. Yeah, and the little boys that held them, well, the little arms. Technically, monks are worldly at that point. You know, no, they were like they, they were Italian. All right, now now we, now we can go to the bathroom. <laughs> now that we know where pretzels come from. If I had to pick one person to be a serial killer out of our group, it would be Mike. For sure. See, yeah, and that's weird that he takes that as a compliment. <laughs> what about me? Well, because look at him. He's charming. He's got... He's uh, methodical. And he's cold. Yeah. If we've, it turns out he doesn't have emotions. Because of the implication. <laughs> Speaking of the implication, uh, in the Dennis method, uh, let's talk about the Chris method. <laughs> there is no what does uh, the R stand for? <laughs> um, not what R. you not what you think. Oh, in Chris, <laughs> in Chris, I was like D E S romance, Ro- romanticized. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> the C is for um, come over. H stands for hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Chris's method has been effective. How many times now? In the past two weeks? A surprising amount, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) If he's too modest to say, Chris has been on three dates with three different women in the past two weeks. Let's talk about that. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I mean, I don't want to, there's nothing really interesting to talk about here. The only interesting thing is that from a personal life perspective is that I haven't dated anyone in two years. No, it's three now. And, you know, my last relationship ended kind of like, it was okay. It wasn't like a terrible breakup or anything like that. But then COVID happened, and then that was a whole thing in itself. But I really did think like I'm one of those people that needed a lot of just personal me time to just work on my stuff, you know, to just work on my own creative passions and just get better at that stuff. And, you know, time passes. And um, I was like, all right, I think it's time to just see what else is out there. So just started casually getting back on the dating apps and stuff like that and found some fun success. What, uh, what app you want? Uh, just, just hinge. I use. That's what Natalie uses too. Yeah. Well, Natalie and I matched. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to God that she would do the same. And sure enough, we matched and I went, ha, fuck you. And she went, ha, fuck you. And we chatted for, it was funny. And then we went on. A and day. then I deleted her. Well, as you should. And I said, uh, I said, yeah. The Sigma male move. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I said, get off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She de- he deleted me from his phone. Yeah, that's right. I digitally rejected you. Leave them long. Get over it. So, Love you, Natalie. Well, I find it interesting because I keep up, I keep up with Natalie's dating life because it's like a game show. Every, I mean, she has, <laughs> she has a date next week with a guy named Jonathan. Good luck to you, Jonathan. Godspeed. No one makes it past a second. Jonathan day. is from Ohio, Akron, Ohio. <laughs> oh, man. So it's very interesting to me of like, I don't know, I'm fascinated with like the success rate of the dating, of the, of the dating apps. And then like of the dating scenarios and like kind of what she looks for in people. And then versus like, what are you looking for in somebody? And like, yeah. what has prompted you to, uh, now it's been three years, you said, is it a self-confidence or is it a, is it like a newfound confidence that, you, you know, wanting to have alone time? So what is it that you did this right now? Why now? Well, Mike, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what is the current landscape? <laughs> the dating. Um, no, I, I think you're, James, are you recording me? 
Yeah. James, been, he's, been, <laughs> he's been secretly recording. He's trying. He's trying to hide the fact that he's recording me. He's no, I just, I just, I just admitted to it. Yeah, but I know. But why are you holding your camera still? You're acting like you're <laughs> trying to bootleg a recording of a play. Well, why would I hold it up like that? That's what I would do if I was trying to bootleg a movie. He's, try, he's practicing for the Book of Mormon. <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, going back to what we were talking about, um, I think, I think recently, yeah, it is a. Uh, mainly just a self-confidence thing where, you know, I feel like I've took such a, a, a necessary amount of time to like focus on my own stuff and, you know, know a little bit more where I want to go in general with like work, with personal life, more confident in myself, what I know, what I don't know, you know, as cliche as it sounds, accepting the fact that like, this is me, this is what I do. Like it, it does, it sounds so cliche, but like when you, when you, when you, Accept yourself a little more. Um, you find that it's easier to talk to people, you know. Because I used to have that. I used to have. A, I used to be intimidating to like talk to, especially women. For me, until the last couple of years, when when you know I've gotten a little more comfortable with how I see myself in the mirror, literally, and just my personality, realizing that everyone is just trying to do the same thing you're doing. <laughs> yeah, most of us all have the same fears. Same fears and doubts. Yeah. We're all thinking the same shit. Yeah, that's exactly it's it. Important. I don't know. I just feel like I've understood that a little more, and it's led to me being a little more open, um, which has led to meeting more people. So anyway, yeah, no, it's been rad. We're, we're proud of you, man. I'm proud of you, James. But uh, if we're going to live on your own. Mike said. I'm proud of you, Mike. I was feeling the opposite, James. Not, not, not happy. Oh, Mike, that sucks. That <laughs> <laughs> ah, doesn't matter, Chris. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. So anyway, I'm I'm going to this island for two weeks. Yeah, that's exciting. No, what's going on? Tell me. Well, we had a conversation briefly the other night about um, not doing the saber comp competition this year. So like this year's like, oh, it's the 20th anniversary and we were going to, we were going to do an idea. And like, I spent the past like two months coming up with like idea after idea after idea. Yeah, after big idea. ideas, yeah. big so, ideas. Pretty much what it came down to is that um, I was putting a lot of time into it and then a lot of pressure on it. And I wanted, I was really looking forward to dedicating a lot of this year towards that. And and then now deciding to not do it entirely. So going, it's like two very <laughs> drastic things so, of like, yeah. I, I mean, we haven't really talked about this much yeah. too since we've had that discussion where Mike kind of woke up in cold sweats in the middle of the night and texted me at 3 a.m., which of course I'm up. An idea. <laughs> no, it's the no, it the opposite. That's what it usually is. Yeah. That's what it usually is. Well, it texts me and be like, I have an idea for this crazy huge battle scene. But this time it was like, dude, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And I literally said, I was like, if we're not going to have, if, if you're not having fun trying to, trying to do whatever you want to do, then that's not it. And it's not, but it's not even like a damn thing because it's like, it'll work for the better no matter, because like I said, what, no matter what we do, as long as we're having fun, as long as we're having fun doing it, that's the goal of this whole thing. Right. You you figured this was like the uh, the changing point in your life, but now that it's like out of your control and you're you're waking up at three in the morning in these cold sweats and you're like, I don't think I don't this know is, if he was sweating. I don't think this is the. <laughs> it seemed like he was sweating. I don't think this is the the right path for me now. That's right. that's also a, a scary thing at first. You know that that whole change. Well, I I have a question. Again, this is for a you know, an internet competition which not taking any you know anything away from that but if anything what it's meant to be is more of just a celebration of the art form rather than throwing money at something until it comes down to a mental game of like where do we want to put our resources and it's like right at the end of the day uh, we're doing something that's not our IP, which is what we've come to talk about a lot, which is that we have so many original ideas that are fantastic. They're not going to do as well on the internet. And that's where the whole, that's what we just talked it's, about. It's debate. That's where the yeah. whole thing is, is, yeah. um, and that, now we have this whole other train of thought that I was talking to you about, about, you know, using other IPs, but are putting our spin on it, which is kind of what we do with, with stars in general. But remember, 
we don't have to go crazy to get people to watch the things. Right. And the other thing I was putting weight on too. It that. would just be, it would just be if we wanted to. Right. And if we would have fun doing it and doing this crazy thing, then that, that would be the only reason to do something like that. And then one of the things I was putting weight on too is like, oh, you know, we're getting some pretty cool judges uh, for the competition this year. Um, notably, uh, Guy De Silva and Amy Johnston, who is Black Panther and play at Black Panther and Black Widow. Um, in the Marvel movies, they're the stunt doubles for those characters. And they're also stunt doubles for other Marvel movies and wow. any action movie. Like, these are legit guys. And they're, they've both been, I mean, Guy's on Corridor Digital's uh, Stuntmen React, like, almost every week now. And then I think Amy was on there once. But um, they're all friends. They're all connected. So I was even putting weight on that. I was like, oh, my God. There's going to be, like, stunt yeah, look people. Who's gonna look watching, who's going to be watching you know? our things. And it's like, if I just didn't be such a little bitch, I could, I could just DM them Apex. Or or ha- or havoc or something like I could just show them what we already accomplished, what we already did that we thought was so good, and like that happened with Apex, with, with what guys with uh, Rustic Omar Zaki. Uh, Omar asked a bunch of questions about how we did the rain, how we did the moonlighting and stuff. Um, both of them said that they want to make something. I was like, that's cool. I don't live in LA, Why but <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm just left off to like, yeah, I want to go out there one day. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait to go out there or something like that. You turn them now. I mean, at least you have the contact, though. That's the but yeah, and Omar, Omar is pretty big. Omar stunt doubles for uh, fucking on the show Dave. Yeah. Oh, What's with uh, the rapper? Bill Hader? Little yeah. Dicky. Yeah, no, Little Dicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, okay. he's a stunt double for Little Dicky. That's I was thinking of <laughs> the Bill Hader show. Oh, oh yeah. What is that? Larry or? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. yeah um, Barry. Barry, yeah. Barry, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I hope he doesn't hear this. Yeah, I hope Bill Hader's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of my heroes. Imagine he's like one. He's one of the thirty <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, but no. It, it so it led to a huge sigh of relief, of like, okay, I, I had to take some time just like to wind off of like getting my head out of the saber comp cloud and now i'm saying i'm not gonna do that so now it's like okay so then now what do i do right <laughs> well hey we already did our star wars shirt which is technically our hey it's fucking enter it yeah it's well, that and also like <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's gonna get a decent amount of traction because it's really good yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i could call you crystal huh call me diamond any stripper name that you feel is a... Uh... Diamond is not a stripper name. Eh... What's her last name? Forever. <laughs> That's just a regular, like, jewelry store. Hey, jewelers <laughs> commercial. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell, Mike is left. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is gone. He had to head out a little earlier, so it's, it's just James and James and I now. Yep. I don't think there's like super much left to talk about. Um, I mean, if we wanted to like tease it, but I think Mike's right. I think talking about it next episode is going to be more fun. What is that? It's the trip that I'm going on. So a little tidbit. Basically, I would like that. I don't even know how to give proper context to this. But basically, Ryan, who we've had on the podcast before, he's part of Hamter Studios. He's our he's our good buddy from from college and beyond. Great guy. Great, great little camera boy. Um, great little uh, altar boy. Well, we had the show two two episodes ago. He moved to L.A. or two or three episodes, however many it was. And um, one of the people he moved to L.A. with was, I think we've had mentioned before on the on the podcast, her name, her alias, at least that she goes by, is Cash Bunny, um, who happens to be visual effects camera guru out in LA who works with all these different kinds of brands like DJI, Microsoft. Um, she's doing pretty high tier work, you know, as an independent creator. And one of the projects that she got recently was she got hit up by a resort in the Maldives. I believe, I believe it was, they reached out to her. I don't exactly know the story, but, um, you know, they reached out to her to come make an ad, basically make one of her really nice, well-produced, uh, contemporary video ads for um for their brand and they said i don't know how how this deal was negotiated but the deal was i don't think they're gonna pay her 
I'm certainly not getting paid, which I don't mind because of what you'll come to find out, which is they negotiated the deal where they said, all right, you come down with, you know, six of your content creator friends or whatever, and we're going to put you up in the Maldives on all these different islands for 25 days, no charge. <laughs> Jesus. Unbelievable. 25 days, no charge. They're taking yeah. care of the housing. I believe they're ta- they're taking care of food a lot, too. That's... Now James is uh, <laughs> blankly staring into the abyss and wondering what he's doing with his life. So basically, I'm going... <laughs> insane. I'm going for half the trip. Ryan's been there already for two weeks. And I'm just going to be bringing my Sigma and doing doing video shit and then handing it off to her to throw in, you know, throw in her oh, yeah. beauty shot reel. Yeah, after yeah. stuff. After effects. Yeah, do whatnot. whatever kind of transitions she wants to do, whatever kind of graphics she wants to do. Um, it's kind of her project from there. Words can only describe. That's like the that's the dream right there. That's that's really the the end goal of what you would want to get out of this profession. That's what a lot. It's what a lot of people want to get out of this profession. You know, every everyone who's ever said, "Oh, I want to be a travel vlogger or whatever," is like, "Well, here's the holy grail." Right? Yeah, like what I've been seeing from like all those other travel vlog videos is that like they have to pay for these trips and all of their. Their content is literally just bringing a drone out there and getting the surrounding area, and then like maybe one clip of them like walking out of a uh, rundown uh, shack, <laughs> you know. And then it's just like, oh, okay, they're on the water. Here's the beach. Here's uh, the palm trees. Here's here's the the vegetation. Everything else, and here's a bunch of girls in bikinis and running around and doing stuff, you know. But this is this sounds like. <laughs> Definitely uh, the next level. Yeah, this is the opposite. Yeah, they, this is like contracted work. You know, it's like unbelievable, man. So anyway, that's that's basically the trip I'm going on. I'm literally leaving in three days, two days, three days, Monday. Are you excited? I'm beyond, I'm beyond excited, I mean. man. <laughs> I guess in tandem with that is the Sigma thing that's been going on. Right, right. Everything's kind of happened at once <laughs> with with, you know, what we've been getting into. Uh, since I left my job, I've been picking up freelance work um, pretty consistently, which actually we probably should have talked about that too with Mike because he's in the same boat now. But um, on the on the other side, did you not know he left his job? No. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I uh, had to find <laughs> out about this on the podcast. It's, it's really recent for him. I think it's only a month or two. It's two, a, two months. In the grand scheme of... Uh, <laughs> Our friendship oh, and everything—that's uh, still a lifetime. I don't know. I, I well, you know, you know how it goes with you have to tell so many people. Yeah, and then you forget who you tell and who you, yeah. who you didn't tell. No, it's no problem. No. And I can see the. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's the same reasons that uh, you left yeah, as well. You know, I mean, like for right now, for me, I'm pretty comfortable with uh, you know the whole advertising, the the marketing bit because there's a lot of. Uh, telling stories and helping other people tell their stories and whatnot. And for me right now, that's fulfilling and working with these people and not to detract from the, the point of the, the Sigma and, and everything else that I'm getting to, but I'm just want to reiterate that I am proud that you took that step to uh, really, I can't wait to see what comes next, especially with the, the Maldives and everything, which is exciting with the, uh, the Sigma because apparently they reach out to you. Nice segue, James. <laughs> but yeah, basically the story is, you know, crazy timing with this whole trip that I'm going on. I've started making YouTube videos on the side um, for Helium Turtle, just talking about cameras and gear and stuff that we use for our films. So I made a video video all about the Sigma FP, which is my favorite little camera now, which I've talked about on the, on the podcast before. And lo and behold, the video does pretty well on YouTube and starts getting a lot of hits and it's up to about 3000 right now, which is, you know, I, I usually get like a hundred people watch my videos if that. So I knew I struck a chord with something and sure enough, somebody from the Sigma marketing department reaches out and it happened to be this guy, Jack, who is the head of media relations at Sigma America. And I was like, Oh my God, that's actually a pretty big deal. Reaching out. I feel like I'm like, my own little influencer now because he's reaching out to see if I wanted to try their new lenses um, to do a review for it on YouTube. And I was like, I was blown away, man. I was like, that's so crazy that they, they actually caught my video 
so I had a conversation with the guy, super, super nice talk shop. I brought up the Maldives and his eyes lit up. And I was like, I knew I had him for something, you know, because he was, you know, he knew that he was going to get something good out of it on their end, too. They were going to get great footage. (laughs) So I was like, all right, good. This is a good good little deal. So they had just come out with their 20 millimeter uh, new full frame thing. I got it right in front of me, actually. What's on that camera is a full frame 20 millimeter lens, weighs about three quarters of a pound, super light, super small. The thing's crazy. So... And he goes, how about I give you the 20, the 45, and the 90? And I was like, they give you an inch. Jack, man, take mile, I tell you, <laughs> I couldn't be more excited. So I just kept, you know, expressing how how thankful I was. Uh, right, right. Yeah, no. And um, showed up at my door, and I, 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 they're not mine to keep, of course. Uh, I got them for a month. That's incredible, um, though. But, yeah, it's phenomenal. So Such an opportunity. I got my whole rig built out for these things, adapted my filters, and... I'm set to go on this trip, and the ultimate goal, I think, is to just, you know, try and make, obviously, the best video I can out of this trip, see how that video does, and um, try and keep in touch with with Segment down the line and see if, you know, I could do some more fun stuff yeah. with, with them, for them, you know, whatever comes of it. I'm just going to see where it goes, baby. So that, in culmination with the multi, is like, like I said, everything's happening at once. That's what I was going to say. The like- The... Dating stuff. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, hey, when it rains, it pours. It's a very cleansing, baptizing rain. <laughs> Three different lenses, yeah, for free, on the behest of a uh, a well-renowned company that's known for their lenses. I can't keep telling you how that that raw footage from that camera looks. Just yeah, man. Some something about it. I don't I don't know what it is, but the Sigma footage. Even the stuff we've sh- we've shot continues to blow me away with how flexible it is, how naturally cinematic it looks. I barely have to do anything to the footage beyond using that film convert plugin and tweaking a couple small things to get. And and it seems like every LUT I throw in, every tweak I make, it all just just renders beautifully. So I'm very excited to take this thing to the island and and just go crazy but yeah man congrats on the new apartment thank you thank you that's a big step like you said when it rains it pours so i feel like it's everything's changing for it's a big year man this is a it's a big year we're going in strong we're going in hot cheers to everyone thank you for uh coming along with us we hope that uh it's Raining for you as well, in a metaphorical sense.